Hey guys, how's it going? I'm so glad that you were able to tune in with us tonight. I feel like God has put a lot of things on my heart to say to you, um, but before I want to talk about that, I want to start in prayer. God, I just thank you for this time that you were able to set aside in our schedules so that we could hear and be open to what you have to say. So Holy Spirit, would you just speak through me tonight? And would you just give us time and space to, to spend with you this week, God? We love you and we appreciate all that you do for us. In your name we pray, amen. So before we film this, during lunchtime, I was eating a pickle. And I began to think about how a pickle is made because you don't grow pickles, you grow cucumbers. And so I did a little research and I found out that in order to make a pickle, first you have to grow the cucumber, which could take a couple months. Second, you have to soak the cucumber in the vinegar-based solution for six weeks. And finally, after those six weeks, you're able to have a pickle. Now, if you take the pickle out of the solution before those six weeks are up, it's going to taste like a sour cucumber. It's not going to taste like a pickle. And so in order to make a pickle that I so love and enjoy, it's a process. It's a slow process. The cucumber has to absorb all of the uh, ingredients from the outside into, uh, into the body of the cucumber in order for it to finally taste like a pickle. When I think about that, I think of how counterintuitive it is to our culture today. Our culture is obsessed with productivity and speed and efficiency. And so I bet that making pickles is hard for some people to do because they just want them to be done right away. They just want the pickles to be made as fast as they can, however it's a process. And you can't just make pickles right away. You have to wait on the pickles to develop. Oftentimes for me, I've been obsessed with efficiency and production and trying to do all of these things at once and trying to create as many things as possible, where I've often gotten into a state where that was unhealthy for me and where I felt like, I mean, I just needed to slow it down. However, that can be hard because oftentimes my identity, our identity is tied into what we accomplish and what we can achieve. If we're not producing things that have a benefit or value to society, we're deemed as useless or that we're not trying as hard or that we're not being productive. In our culture, time is money. And if we waste time, then we're wasting money. And that's never a good thing. So if you're not using your time wisely to make money, to produce, to achieve results, then what are we even doing? We're just wasting time. This can come out of a fear of not living up to other people's expectations. Our busyness and hurriedness that we experience all day, every day, comes from a fear-based condition. We're afraid of what other people might think of us. We're afraid of not being useful, not being needed or wanted. And so we work hard to, get, to, to gain other people's favor. However, Jesus did not see it this way. Jesus retreated frequently to spend time alone with God. In fact, in the Gospel of Luke, it was recorded nine different times where Jesus withdrew to a desolate place all by himself to spend time with God. He felt that it was time well spent to spend time with God. 
His identity was deepened and rooted in his alone times with God. Also, he told others not to fall into this trap of hurriedness or busyness. Uh, if you have your Bibles with you, you can turn into Luke chapter 10, verses 38 to 42. Probably a story that you have heard many times, um, but it's, it's good and it applies to us even, even today. So starting with verse 38. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all of the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all of the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, Jesus answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. So here we have Jesus wanting to spend time uh, with a couple women that he was very close to, M Martha and Mary. And they took two different approaches when he came. Mary just wanted to listen to what Jesus had to say. She just wanted to spend time with him. However, Martha was, was hurried, was busy, was frantic, trying to clean up her house, trying to take care of everything that needed to be done so that it could be perfect for Jesus. However, Jesus told her, I don't care what your house looks like. I don't care if you have everything picked up. I just want to spend time with you. Sometimes we are too busy like Martha. We're too busy serving God that we don't make time to listen to God. We're doing all these things to try to prepare our hearts, our lives, so that we can have our closets cleaned out. But we, don't just, we often don't just sit and make time to sit at the feet of Jesus. And that's really what he wants. He doesn't care if you are over all of the sins in your life. He doesn't care if you, if you are messy right now. But he just wants to spend time with you. He just wants to, he just wants you to listen. And so he told other people not to be hurried, not to be busy, but even he was not hurried. He spent extra time with God. And the severity of his message, just think about it, his message of being the Messiah, being the one that everyone was waiting for. Even he was not in a hurry to tell everyone. Even though his message was dire and people needed to hear about it, he did not rush himself. A popular example of this um, can be found in John chapter 11. And so if you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn to John chapter 11. I'll be reading verses 1 through 14. All right, starting with verse 1. A man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. So here they come up again in the story. This is the Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was sick. So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. But when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus's sickness will not end in death. 
No, it happened for the glory of God so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. So although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days. So upon hearing that their brother was sick, he said, I'm going to stay here for two more days. Obviously, they were offended at this, I would imagine. But Jesus knew what he was doing. He knew that there was an ultimate purpose behind it, that he could, could wait in, in going to see him. Finally, he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. But his disciples objected. Rabbi, they said, only a few days ago, the people in Judea were trying to stone you. Are you going there again? Jesus replied, there are 12 hours of daylight every day. During the day, people can walk safely. They can see because they have the light of this world. But at night, there is danger of stumbling because they have no light. Then he said, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but now I will go wake him up. The disciples said, Lord, if he is sleeping, he will soon get better. They said, or they thought Jesus meant that Lazarus was simply sleeping, but Jesus had actually meant that Lazarus had died. So he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there. For now you will really believe. Come, let's go see him. So because Jesus failed to, or because Jesus didn't go there as soon as he got word that Lazarus was sick, Lazarus had actually died. But this was okay okay for Jesus because he knew that there was a greater purpose. He knew that God had told him to wait. God had told him to go in a couple of days. And so although people thought that he had given up on them, he really hadn't. Because we know from the healing of Lazarus that he shows up in Judea and awakens Lazarus from the dead and Lazarus is healed again. And so Jesus didn't rush this. He wasn't hurried by this. Instead, he waited for the right timing. And he said in verse 15, he said, For your sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there, for now you will really believe. So his work that he will do is going to be magnified because of his ability to be patient and wait. Jesus knew what he was doing because he had spent time with God, listening to God. And so if Jesus dwells in us, in our hearts, we should have the same mentality. We should not be rushing things. We should be retreating frequently to spend time with God, as Jesus did. Now, I, for one, struggle with this a lot. I'm always wanting to be first. I'm always wanting to do all these things, to go ahead and to fill my schedule. However, that's not what Jesus wants for us. He wants us to use the time we have wisely, but he doesn't want our busyness and hurriedness to take over our lives. I believe that our busyness and hurriedness has become an unchecked sin in our culture. It is, and it's also clear that the devil wants it that way. He is using it to distract us from the things that really matter. We are headed for destruction without even realizing it. If we can constantly be busy, constantly be doing things, then we're going to forget about the relationships that are important to us and the people that we can impact in our lives. Filling our schedules with, with all these things, even though they may not be bad things, can ultimately lead to our downfall and destruction because we just have no time to spend with Jesus. How does it get that way? How can we get to a point 
where we're pushing Jesus aside? Well, there's a couple things that we, and myself personally, frequently do to cause this problem. First, we overcommit ourselves. We say yes to so many things, and we end up at the end pushing Jesus out. In my life, whenever I have a super busy day, I know that my time with Jesus is usually one of the first things to go because I know that I can just spend time with Jesus tomorrow. But these things have to get done today. However, that's the cost. And that's what the devil wants. He wants us to be so busy so that we push Jesus out of our lives completely. Secondly, we focus on our production instead of Jesus' production in our lives. We focus on all these things we can produce, things that we can do, achievements, results that we can obtain, but we stop listening to Jesus as a result. We focus on what we can do and not what Jesus can do and wants to do through us. We justify our busyness by saying, or the third thing is that we justify our busyness by saying it's for a good cause. Maybe I'm busy doing ministry work all day. Maybe I'm busy spending time with, with guys all day, with doing things that I believe matters for the kingdom. However, if I'm always doing those things, I'm never filling my cup back up. I'm never recharging myself. I'm never spending time with Jesus as a result. And I don't think that's how Jesus wants it. It's easy to justify our busy schedules by saying we're doing things that matter. However, to Jesus, he wants to be put first. He just wants to spend time with us. And so that's where our priority needs to be. Our time is limited and we need to use it wisely, but that doesn't mean using it the most efficiently to produce all these things that we can. It means to enjoy life, to take a moment and savor it. You don't make time to do things. So stop saying that you are gonna make time to do things eventually. You choose what you want to spend your time in. You, your priorities are where you spend your time. What you value can be seen through the things that you do throughout the day and the things that you do through your life. And so if you value spending time with people, spending quality time, then you're going to make time out of your schedule to do that. And if you're not, well, then your priorities are messed up because you, you want to be spending time with people, but you're not. And so it leads to you not being an effective friend, effective witness to other people. And so what can we do to prevent this? Well, first, just do nothing. And I, I mean, literally nothing. Like don't, like take 10 minutes every day to just do nothing. Sit outside or inside, but just sit. Just, just stop doing something. I know when I've done this, it helps me be able to center my heart, center my soul, so that I actually have time to take a breath. I have time to just enjoy the birds that are singing in the trees and the squirrels that are running across the ground and all that nature has to offer. So just, so just do nothing. Just stop doing anything at all for 10 minutes a day. That's my challenge to you. Um, and to help you with this challenge, I want to give you space and time to do nothing right now. So I'll be back in three minutes. Enjoy your time doing nothing.
how was that for you? For me, it was kind of nice, but it was also hard to just sit there knowing all these things that I have to do. Did you skip ahead in the video? Did you skip past those three minutes or were you actually willing to just sit there for three minutes doing nothing? It can be hard. It can be hard not to do things when you know that you have something to do after this. But it can be good for our hearts to just slow it down and to just, just be for a little bit. Another thing that we can do to prevent this is to be intentional to create margin in our lives. Wake up earlier in the morning. Go to sleep earlier at night. Allow yourself time to get to places. Leave 10 minutes early when you need to be some, earlier than what you would have been if you need to be somewhere so that maybe you don't have to drive as fast. Maybe you don't have to be in the fast lane all the time and you can just take time to enjoy your drive rather, rather than being hurried and frantic trying to get there. Another thing you can do is to just talk less. Just no one needs to hear all of your opinions. The world doesn't need more opinions. There's plenty of opinions out there. What they really need is for people to, st to stop and listen. They need people to listen to each other. They need people to feel like they're being heard. And so stop with all the opinions. Just, just listen to each other. Also, I know that the election is within, is it less than a week away? So don't point people towards a political candidate. Don't point people towards Biden to make your case for Biden. Don't make point pe people towards Trump to make your case for Trump. But point people towards Jesus. Make your case for Jesus. Spend time with Jesus. Because Jesus is what it's all about. Jesus will provide rest for your souls. He will heal the world when he comes back. And so that's the hope that we have to look forward to. And finally, just spend time with Jesus. Don't set a time limit in the morning when you have your quiet time, when you have your devotional time. Don't say, I'm going to spend 30 minutes with Jesus. Because then you know what? You're going to be looking forward to when that 30 minutes is up. You're going to be thinking about what you're going to do after those 30 minutes. However, just, just go sit and spend time with Jesus. Just listen to him. Have a conversation with him. Read your Bible. Just sit in the presence of God and He will give you rest. If you just slow down, just slow yourself down, then we can solve this problem of busyness and of hurriedness and you will bring rest and peace to your souls. I hope you have a good day. I hope you have a good rest of the week. And remember, just slow it down. Take 10 minutes a day to just do nothing to just sit and observe everything around you. I hope it goes well.